0: Puro air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. P-U-R-O-A-I-R dot com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getPuroAir.com.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
0: I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hi, everyone. So Thanksgiving is tomorrow here in the U.S., if I get this podcast up today. My sister and her family came in from Colorado, as did my mom. Now, my mom has been, well, not here where we are, but in San Diego for the past two weeks. We were all supposed to celebrate together, but with the surging cases, we decided we better not, so... It's slated to be 64 degrees and partly cloudy down in San Diego, and I'm not much for cold, so a two-hour drive each way for an outdoor meal six feet apart, I'd be done after about 30 minutes and ready to drive home. So we're just going to stay put this year. I sure hope and expect that next year will be very different for all of us. All right, so let's get to the questions. The first one is from Danica about her very shy three-year-old, and the second topic I wanna cover is about reasoning with children. When can you begin to reason with your children, and how do you do it by age? I get a lot of questions about power struggles that can sometimes lead to big meltdowns. Sometimes we can use reasoning. So when is that, and how do we start doing that, especially with really young kids? So I thought about some tips on how to implement some reasoning would be really helpful for a lot of you. So let's start with Danica, she wrote in, thank you so much for all your great information. I love the podcast and can't wait to join. I've asked for an annual membership for my Christmas present this year. My question is about dealing with a super shy toddler. She's two, she doesn't like to play with any of the kids at daycare and so she pretty much hangs out by herself. She does well with close family and that she sees often like my parents. We aren't seeing much other family or doing play dates right now except with one close friend on occasion. She does okay with this one friend, my friend's daughter after a bit of a warm up period. My husband and I are both fairly outgoing, so we're not sure if this is normal or if we should be concerned or be doing something to help her open up more socially. Any advice is greatly appreciated. So while shyness is not a topic that comes up a ton, there are a lot of parents who do deal with this personality type frequently. So this can be difficult because we experience our children's pain when they seem uncomfortable in a given situation that we hope or expect should be fun for them. So for this reason, it's one of those topics on the agenda that i have been wanting to add to the classes. But here are some pointers. So first, some children are just naturally shy. I'm sure we've seen this. I was actually one of those children, and shyness in and of itself is not a character flaw, but we feel badly. We feel our child is missing out on opportunities to learn and play with others, to interact with others. To this day, I'm much more comfortable in small groups. I hate going into big gatherings, business functions, networking events, parties, where I know very few to know people. I like to get to know people one-on-one more deeply than chat with many people on a more surface level. It's just who I am, and those events are absolute torture for me to this day. That's a little off topic, but not really. I just want to help parents understand that shyness or introversion can be just as positive a quality as the person or child who's very outgoing. We need both types of people in the world and those who fall somewhere in between. When it can be an issue is when it gets in the way of a child getting an opportunity. Say to ask a question in class because they're feeling too shy, a question of curiosity, they lose out on an opportunity to learn. And the other children do as well if they miss out on that question. Or if they don't get clarification on an instruction because they're afraid to ask and then they don't do the assignment properly, they're losing out on that potential opportunity. To have all of the information so it's good to notice these tendencies and then guide our children accordingly. So first I'm going to talk about what it means to be two as far as social skills because this does help and it does play into the whole scenario. Then I'm going to give some tips for helping children be more comfortable and engaging socially. So at two, Children are still not interacting much with each other in terms of play. They'll engage in what we call parallel play, which is playing side by side, but with little to no interaction. So one child may hand something to another if they ask for it, that type of thing, but it isn't until around the age of three that most children are ready. Some may start a little earlier, others a bit later, in cooperative play. This is where they decide together what the play will be or what they're going to play with, what they're going to build, what story they're gonna act out, who is playing what part, and then where the story goes. They use their imaginations off of one another to create these amazing, magical storylines. So it's really incredible to listen to these young children, three to five, play together. So if you have a two-year-old not engaging much with other kids, this is not abnormal. They may run around on the playground together, chasing or running up the ladder and down the slide, that type of thing. But the interactive, imaginative type play doesn't usually kick in until closer to three. Even then, some kids love to engage with other kids nonstop and other kids still prefer more independent play with some cooperative play mixed in. But if they like things lower key, they'll grow tired of too much energy after a short time. And all of this is normal. There's a wide range of normal with personality types, just like with adults. If your toddler preschooler or your child is shy and struggling to join in with others to play, having small play dates can really help. You want to start with one other child have several play dates, and allow your child to get comfortable playing with this one child. Once they're comfortable together, doing well regularly, then you can invite in another child to play. This gives your child this opportunity for a slow introduction and warm-up to a growing group. If your child is going to preschool or daycare, you want to get there early. Be one of the first kids in the room. This is one of the tips I cover for parents dealing with separation anxiety in the separation anxiety class. So this is a really good tip for getting them into the classroom, whether it's separation anxiety or they just tend to be on the the shyer end of the spectrum. You want to give them time in the morning before class gets started to get comfortable and settled in before the room is just buzzing with kids and activities because that can be really overwhelming. You also want to teach your child how to enter ongoing play. This is a skill. You don't want to coach your child to ask, can I play? Because as we all know at these young ages, that assertion of independence often means the answer to almost any question will be no. It's really easy for kids to just say no, because they're not sure how the child would join or how it would work, and so they just The automatic answer is no. Not because they don't wanna play with the child, but because they're just asserting control and it gives them the opportunity to do just that. So they will often take it. Instead, you wanna coach your child to first watch and listen to see what the children are playing. Then come up with a missing character or idea and offer that up. So if you can see that they're playing construction site, They could go in and say, hey, I see you're playing construction, I can be your crane operator. Oh, I see you're playing ice cream shop, I could be the order taker. It gives kids a perfect entry point into the play and it's much harder for kids in play to refuse an offer to add to what's already happening. If you're dealing with separation anxiety or you want more tips on dealing with shy children or any particular personality trait, class on separation anxiety, obviously, and the temperament class has some good tips in the chapter about kids who are slow to warm or what I call less adaptable, has some great ideas for school, home, family, and discipline exchanges, strategies that you can find in that class on the website at yourvillageonline.com. I also, like I said, will be creating a class specifically for dealing with shy children and strong-willed children soon as well. The next class coming out, likely next week, is about overindulgence. That's still with Ashley creating the presentation. I will be then creating the video for that and we'll be putting that up on the website. And it covers all the ways that we can overindulge kids and how to keep that in check. And the class for strong-willed children is next on the list. So since we're getting close to Thanksgiving, I wanted to say how grateful I am to the sponsors who have come to be a part of this show with me for a long time, as well as the wonderful new sponsors of the podcast that help keep it going. So if you love what they have to offer, if you're curious and interested, I hope you'll support the podcast by supporting our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. These later years of childhood have been flying by. As a mom, I want to not just be available to my kids during these last years they have at home, but I want to feel good and have the energy I need to keep up with their schedule and my own. So my health is a top priority. It helps regulate digestion, immunity against bad bacteria, and improve nutrient absorption. The gut has been called the second brain because it contains more than 100 million nerve cells. It is a vitally important piece to our overall health, both physical and mental. So to make sure my gut is working at its potential, I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense to improve my digestion and nutrition absorption, boost my overall immune health, and help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code parenting for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code parenting at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Now that we're back from the break, I'm going to talk about reasoning with children and what I mean when I say reasoning. So let's start with what I mean by reasoning, because it's really bigger than just that, just reasoning. When I say reasoning, I'm talking about sharing the reasons behind our boundaries, obviously, but also about working together with our children for problem solving. Now, coaching does include some amount of reasoning, and we do some of this in a very limited way very early in toddlerhood. But toddlers can understand the rules, but often cannot understand the reasoning behind them even if we explain it. So for instance, while they may understand that hitting is not acceptable, that we don't accept that behavior, they don't really understand why. They don't understand that they're hurting another person no matter how we tell them or how many times or how well we try to explain it. It doesn't mean we don't explain it because eventually it will stick. But until empathy really begins to develop around the age of three, the sense of the other, and that means that first they need to get through developing their strong sense of self, their own wants and needs, and being able to assert them, that they can then begin to understand the other, that the other people have different wants and needs than they do and feelings. The development of the sense of self often peaks around the age of two and a half. Now, as I always share, there is a wide range of normal, so some will peak earlier and some later. This is why it's good to still explain the reason, because if your toddler peaks earlier, then they'll begin to understand earlier about how their behavior affects others. So you want to still tell them, just you're not going to expect a lot at this early age, before the age of three. Okay, there's two ages for leaps in understanding in this manner. The first is two and a half to three and a half, like I just explained, with a beginning understanding of the other, that there's an other person that has different wants, needs, and feelings. So this will start to they will learn about it, they'll start to figure it out, and then it will grow more over time. And in the same age range, it's also connecting between ideas and reasons, the why of things. That's why you'll start to hear young kids ask why a lot. The second developmental stage in this realm is what psychologists call the age of reason. This can happen as early as six, but it's usually closer to seven for most. This is when the moral, emotional, and rational thought starts to connect with each other, and it'll start to gel. So before getting into tips, I also want to discuss what reasoning is not. Reasoning is not giving in, but it is giving the opportunity to open a dialogue. So this can be a bit tricky, right? When we think about how we deal with adults, and someday our children will be adults, so there's this shift in how we interact with them. Now the biggest shift towards this will occur around ages 11 to 12. This is a gradual shift throughout, Then there's a kind of a jump between 11 and 12, and then there's a continued gradual shift throughout the teenage years. So this is something to consider even early on. I share this because I used to work a lot with middle school kids, because this was the time when there was a lot of struggle between parents and kids. So I was finding that the parenting was either too strict, and so it would cause a lot of contention for families because they hadn't given their kids enough practice and opportunity to make their own choices when they were younger leading up so that they didn't quite trust their kids to make good choices at that age. Now, sometimes parents just struggled to loosen the reins, and that's all understandable. Or there were some parents who were super permissive, and these middle schoolers had too much freedom. They were struggling academically. They weren't sure how to get back on course, and they were getting into trouble, making bad choices, getting suspended, that type of thing, getting sent to me for some help to get back on track. So it's a real balancing act and something that starts much earlier than middle school. It's also why I cover these positive discipline tools for setting up solid communication and strong relationships because smoother tween and teen years starts with this foundation in early childhood for sure. Now, that doesn't mean if you're struggling with some stuff, you can't get it back on track through these elementary school years so that you're good to go by the time you hit that middle school ages. But okay, so let's get back to reasoning starting with the younger ages. This is about opening up the dialogue for sharing reasons and also mutual problem solving when it's appropriate. So some kids are gonna take this really well and will diminish power struggles a lot, especially for those kids who are fiercely independent, the strong-willed ones. This can work really well. Loosening up the reins, giving them some responsibility can often be enough to give them room to show you how responsible they can be, therefore how cooperative they can be. So for some, between the ages of about four and five can be a really good time to work on some reasoning skills. Now, I talk about one two three magic as a great tool before the age of reason sets in. They don't get it, right, when they're that young. They're just trying to get a reaction out of us. They're trying to test the boundaries. But I talk about, in the class, phasing out one two, three magic by about age three and a half to four. This is the exact reason that it's time to start moving to more coaching and, well, reasoning rather than my way or the highway type of boundaries. They're ready to start being treated more maturely. Now, I'm not saying don't use one, two, three magic on occasion. I remember using it up until my kids were five, even a few times after they turned five when they weren't respecting the reasoning and the coaching. When that happens, I was just like, you know what, respect my reasons, cooperate, or you lose the opportunity to have the freedom and to be treated more maturely at this time. And this was my thinking behind it. Okay, so what might this look like? The reasoning and the mutual problem solving. I was actually coaching with some parents the other day. They had an issue with their child, four-year-old being given some freedom within boundaries, but then he would blow through the boundary. So they had given permission for him to go ahead of them, but wait for them before going into a parking lot. Well, he blew right through it and started to go into the parking lot, pushing through the boundary, showing his independence. I can do what I want, you can't tell me what to do. This was the message he was sending. So we talked about reasoning with him, setting up expectations with consequences, but also handing over responsibility to him for his choice. So for the younger child, you might just say, I'm talking under four, two and three. You need to wait before going into the parking lot. If you don't, you'll have to hold my hand in the parking lot. Now obviously knowing this could be a potential issue, you wanna be close behind to be ready to grab onto your child if they make a poor choice, which they often do before they step out. You're gonna be ready. But that would be the end of the conversation, right, when you have a two- or three-year-old. That's kind of the end of the conversation. At four, we can have a deeper conversation, a reasoning conversation. I know you want to be more independent. I can see that you're pushing for more independence, and I want to give it to you. But you have to show me that you can be responsible, that you can make good choices. If you show me you can make good choices, I can begin to trust you more and more and give you more freedom. Then talk about it related to staying on the sidewalk or out of the parking lot. Show me you can make a good choice, and I can continue to allow you to walk ahead. Still, you're going to stay close until you feel confident that you can trust their decisions. If they get upset about that, that you're walking too close, you're going to explain again. Show me you can make good choices, and I will let you walk further ahead each time. But last time you tried to run out in the parking lot. My job is to keep you safe. Show me I can trust you. And I can let you walk further ahead each time. You can also start to have conversations about it. Now, again, you're also going to use some positive reinforcement here. So when your child does cooperate, that was a great job keeping yourself safe. You want to put it on them that they made a good choice, not listening to me, right? You're going to put it on them. You made a great choice keeping yourself safe. I can trust you a little bit more now. Next time, I'll let you go a little bit further ahead. You can also start to have conversations about it and ask their opinion. So when you're having a struggle, last time you went right out into the street when I clearly explained not to. How can we make sure that you will make good choices if I let you go too far ahead? Now many times this will click for them because they'll really think about it because you're asking their opinion. They're asking You're asking for their input and they'll realize that they need to do their part and what that part is. And this can work for other struggles too, like getting ready in the morning having a discussion about what you need and how you want them to take on their own process. How can they show you they're ready? What can they do by themselves? What do they still want or need your help with? This is a discussion between the two of you or the three of you. And this brings in their opinions, their input. They're much more likely to comply when they give their input. So when they say, I think I can get myself dressed, but I may need your help with brushing my teeth. I think I can get myself dressed, but I still need you to help me with breakfast. This is giving them their input. So they've taken that on. I can get myself dressed. Guess what? They're a lot more likely to get themselves dressed. So this gives both parent and child great practice. It builds mutual respect. It's such a great foundation for really solid communication going forward. And I talk a lot about this in the discipline tools for tweens and teens class. So if you happen to have older children that you're really wondering about, there is so much in there about letting kids take on their own processes and responsibilities, how much responsibility they should be having at that age, what you should be handing over to them, what kind of boundaries are good boundaries to set. really great class. I went into detail in pretty much every area I could think of when it comes to tweens and teens and what they are facing in life and things they should be taking on, the skills they're going to need to have when they leave home so that you can really help set them on a really strong path for that. Also, the class Raising Responsible Kids starts at age three. For all of the skills that your child should have by age so that they are ready to take on their own life responsibilities by the time they leave home. But it doesn't just cover the day-to-day responsibilities. It also covers responsibility in action or the choices that they make, taking responsibility for making good choices and the outcomes of those choices so that they are really ready to take on life and all of its challenges for the highest chance of successful, happy life going forward. If you want to learn more about child development, ways to support any and all areas, creating positive discipline communication strategies and patterns in your home, you can see the samples of all the videos and join the membership on the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.